0: You are listening to Global Chat Radio, streaming from Tuart Hill here in West Australia. My name is Howard Lance, the Program Manager of Global Chat Radio, and today our series with Dr. Bernie is taking a different format in which she talks to me about the subject of stigma in mental health. Okay,
1: hello everybody out there. This is Dr. Burnie for another show. It is a, uh, a winter's day here in Perth. We've had a lot of storm over the last days so um, it has been quite gloomy but um, my, my guest Howard here across from me is saying well it can never be too gloomy. Is that right Howard? Welcome.
0: Well it's and greetings listeners um, I think being gloomy is just a matter of often can be a matter of mind you know um, I think for me the key thing is to to have something that you like doing and, and to be able to do it and if you If you've got that and you can put up with doing boring things because you've always got something to look forward to.
1: Well that's true, always try and look for the positives. Um, Yes, now today we are going to be looking and discussing, exploring the issue of stigma in mental health, Um, specifically why um, there is this uh, reluctance for people to talk about mental health quite openly, and what are the some of the myths that people may hold um, about seeking professional help in a, in a timely way? So, um, Howard, how would you conceptualise, or how would you sort of, you know, what, what would you say about the state of stigma around mental health? Well, f-
0: for a start, I don't particularly like the term mental health. Mm. Why? We don't talk about a person's spiritual health we don't talk about a person's emotional health as such um and we don't even call health physical health Mm. as distinct from anything else to me health is the total of a human being and health to me uh we, we need to be talking about the whole person so I look forward to the day when I can rock up to emergency department and I'm not feeling too well I've just had some um or my wife's died, and I'm feeling suicidal, and I want to be able to be treated for that, or get help with that, um, to 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 get me over the you know the, the past. The same way as if I if I rocked up there with a broken leg, or if I um, somehow or other I was passing blood mm-hmm. and I didn't have an explanation for yep. it. Yeah, that's what I look forward to. Okay. Um, whether it'll ever happen, I don't know. But in some ways, I understand that. In some ways, some cultures do do that. I've heard that the um, Aboriginal Mental uh, Aboriginal Health Service does look at the whole person, Mm and in certain places in Australia. Um, And when it, but that's but that's not how we've got it at the moment. That doesn't say that's not something that we we would like to aim for. Um, But from a personal point of view, I never considered that I had a mental illness. Um, I didn't feel too good for much of my life because of circumstances uh, and so forth and I lost my mother at a young age and I think that that, down the years I worked Mm -hmm. out that that's affected me but um, and uh, at one stage I went to the doctor and said I'm not feeling too good and and she gave me some happy pills and um, we tried umpteen different ones but Um, I never considered that to be an actual mental illness. To me, a mental illness is when somebody is off their rocker and I've since learned that if they're psychotic, Mm -hmm. then I would label that as a mental illness. However, there are people out there today who, although they use the term mental illness, they think that what can happen when it comes to treating people that something's out of balance, let's say, um, there's all different ways and means of doing it, and, and there seems to be this theme that I see in the circles that I move in that what's happened is somewhere along the line, as a society, we seem to have lost our humanity the way we connect with people, the way we include with people, the way we, we care about people, the way we treat people, mm. and that can often sometimes reflect on the way we treat ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, let, let me just go back to your comment about culture. Yes, and in some cultures, it is very much a holistic way of viewing mental mental health. In fact, in, in many languages, the, the term mental health and mental illness have different connotations. Um, and one of the reasons why stigma is quite strong amongst many cultures is because of what you just said. Um, it's you know if someone is um, suffering a, a mental health disorder then they're, they're bound to be labeled as crazy okay and in in so many cultures there's only one you know if they do have a psychiatric hospital of sorts and probably one psychiatrist for every sort of like million people then you know there is none of this what we have now um, accepted is that the, the, the the, the facilities where it's not just a locked ward. So, in in I know that in Indonesia, um, some of the uh, the the people that do have mental illness issues are locked up, and there is no treatment. They um, are in you know a common room with. It, it's a disgusting um, situation where they are. Th- th- they are living in their own excrement, basically, and it, the stench is quite high, it's unhygienic, and so they are the forgotten group. And so, if you talk to somebody from Indonesia and say mental illness, then you will get this, um, you will evoke a certain connotation of mad people being locked up, and that's why. People, when they come to Australia, they will generalise a lot of what they know to the system here because they don't know that the system here is quite different. And so if they are needing help, they're not going to come forward to access that help.
0: Well, I I perfectly understand because they don't want to run the risk of getting locked up like that. Mm. Um, And, of course, with that, um, the connotation is they lock them up and throw away the key mm. so it's it's uh somebody's come up with this idea that well I, I if i dare to use the d word and say it's being diagnosed as having this so in other words there's no hope for them and yet we know in, in today's world that things can change yes and um down through history we uh, we hear of um cultures where they've they've had shamans and they've had people have had healing abilities and there's all sorts of ways and means that these people are being treated and, and um, um, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, you talk about Reiki where they, they the hands go across the body and they talk about getting the energies in line and all There's also There's a tradition out there and um, I don't know what the story is when it comes to treating what we would call mental illness or not but I have heard amongst Aboriginal peoples that they talk about bad spirits mm. and I just love that language because... Mm. It's it. What it does is take. It's not a case of blaming the person, saying what's wrong with you. It's like there's an outside agency coming. So something's out of balance. Is the way I would would read that. And um, and I like this idea. There's people out there in the um, you take a trauma informed approach. I think the the thesis of that is you you ask somebody what has happened to you, Mm. not what's wrong with you. There's no emphasis that that you've done anything wrong or there's something actually wrong with you. It's just what's happened to you to cause you to have that experience. Now, um, you don't have to be Einstein to work out that if um, somebody has a fright... That there's going to be changes to the body, you know. We've got this flight, and what's it, flight or fight? Yes. Flight um, or fight. Um, yes. um, um, thing that goes in, so yep. obviously, there's got to be something happens with the human body, otherwise, they wouldn't be able to react. Mm-hmm. Now, if something goes wrong with that, or something is a little bit of out of balance, <laughs> there's a different response. Mm. And we, we know that there's people have gone to war and they've spent hours on hours dropping bombs on people, and that's uh, I know from my own uncle. He came back from the the war and my father's generation, um, his term was it oh he had nerves. Yes. I've since figured out that it was possibly post traumatic mm. stress mm. or whatever else and um, I'm not a big fan of labels by the way, but um, something was dare I say off, but not quite right. Yeah. Um and, and I wouldn't so in that case it's not a case of what was wrong with him, it's it's what's happened to him to cause that. Mm. And, and we do know that um, what's happening, you can't go and stop the war or anything else or, or, no. or take that away because it, it'll always be there.
1: But, but I do think that um, a lot needs to happen in increasing um, people's knowledge about mental health, what we call mental health literacy. And uh, And obviously, if we don't understand what is happening with a person, then it does become pretty... Scary, especially. If, and we had a carer last in the last Dr. Bernie show. It does become quite, you know, um, threatening. Um, and often, I find that when I see my my um, my patients, they don't understand why they are going through um, certain things and why their bodies reacting in certain ways. So, a lot of what um, I have to devote time to initially is that psychoeducation to actually normalize things for them and just say hey you know if this was happening to me too this would be my reaction similar as yours so many of them think gosh you know I've been told to come and see a psychologist because my GP has told me to and, uh, and in, in many cultures you don't say no to the doctor you do what the doctor says so, one of the things I think that we can at the front line do to destigmatize mental illness is to just, all right, accept the fact that this is the kind of help that is, you know, is different from the kind of help you would get from the country of origin, where it may be quite punishing and it may be just incarceration, but, you know. Um, yeah well I think
0: one of the reasons that people get locked up for and and, uh, even is it uh, is uh, what do you call it um, safety because Mm. um, the argument would be that because somebody's making funny noises and and carrying on and and doing strange things and and yelling and screaming uh, for all sorts of reasons that they're a danger to society Yeah. and that's not necessarily the case.
1: No, that's not necessarily the case, but we do know that um, a lot of families do not, and I'm talking about families from different cultures, they don't go and seek early intervention simply because of what people might say about their loved ones. It's about the stigma. So it's only when this person that they love becomes so acute that the family can't manage that they front up to professional health or mental health services.
0: And, and that's one of the tragedies mm. because um, sometimes it gets left too late. Yes. Where, whereas if somebody, I guess what I think about is, is that um, if somebody's shown them a little bit more love and a bit more understanding and sat down and sort of try and talk to them and ask them what's going on, they might get a different response Mm. and and there's been i understand there's been journals written on that articles written on that about the fact that somebody sat down and actually talked to somebody um podcast i was listening to the other week was relating the story where um somebody was up on a bridge and he jumped and he actually survived Mm. and he said all he really wanted was somebody to come along and talk to him him. and that's big indictment on our Mm. society and um uh, I don't know what the answer it is well I, I do know what the answer is is to try and um, be more um, try and reach out to different people and, and say good day and, and um, today I was, I was down at the hospital and I came out mm-hmm. through the admissions uh, desk and there's a woman in there that I've I've had a few words from time to time, and I just let her and say, "Oh, you're working too hard," and she just smiled. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, you know, I need to go and talk to the boss." And she says, "Well, please do." I said, "Well, I'll mm-hmm. tell her you're due for a raise," and she just smiled and then said, "Thank you." Yes. Because all say. I did was just Reach say out. something to. Yes. And it doesn't take much. No,
1: no, but but that that really is about the um, you know the society that we do live in, Howard. We are a very individualist society compared with the collectivist cultures that many of uh, uh, the the patients I see come from, where it is, you know, know, that that it takes a village to raise a child, literally, everyone actually does pitch in. But the flip side of that is, because mental health issues are conceptualized differently, there are different interpretations when somebody is um, showing symptoms of mental illness and what we would see in our society as symptoms of mental illness it may not be um, within their belief system a mental health issue
0: well I think one of the um, I went to a school well two schools actually that were based on the one in particular was based on the uh, model of the um, British school system and Mm -hmm. um, upper class system that um, you know Toughen up, and you don't show your feelings. And it's something weak about a man if he if he if, he's, if he cries or does anything like that. It's just just not on, old boy. Um, and I, for one, sort of rebelled about that because I just didn't didn't sit with me mm-hmm. because um, and, and so I had parents that um, um, well, my father, given his due, he lost his father at a young age too, so he didn't have that model. Um, but there's this denying, don't, don't show your feelings, don't express yourselves, but but yet, and if you do, you do it when you're f- full of booze, when it's quite all right to to, to go to the pub, get three parts solid, cut yes. and then hug each other and yeah. almost kiss each other yeah. um, at the footy thing and all the rest of it. You can do it then, but you're not allowed to do it when you're stone cold sober. So the, there is this double standard to some extent but yet you see, and, and then we, at the moment we've got a was, there was a, a football f- um, final went on, and they all went mad. There's riots afterwards, mm. and they just get so worked on because I don't know, they, I don't know what sort of meaning they have in life that they get so upset over. It It reminds me of the days of the Coliseum. and it's the same sort of mob attitude that scares me. Mm. But you can get caught up in that. That's quite a riot because everybody else is doing it. Yes, that's right. But but if you were to be a bit different.
1: Yes. Never stick out, isn't there a proverb, the nail that sticks out is, I don't know, <laughs> gets punished or something like that. But that that is something that uh, I suppose if, if you were um, a migrant or refugee here and you don't know what is happening with you, then of course you're going to hide in the four walls of your house because the community will judge you because they don't really understand mental health issues the family back home will feel threatened because if it gets out there that somebody amongst them, you know, in their bloodline has got a mental illness, then that could bring shame and dishonour to the family. So a whole list of things that would prevent somebody from accessing services early.
0: Well, we can also talk about the fact that 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 is um, mental health literacy, Mm -hmm. but it's also other literacy too Mm -hmm. because... Um, if somebody is born deformed, it's, and, and I'm talking about a physical deformity, then they get shame. There's some certain amount of shame involved with that, I would imagine too. Now, if somebody is autistic, as we understand it, um, oh yes, um, but 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 on the other hand, it tends to be looked at in a negative point of view. We also know in in, in our society, and particularly in the history of the of the um, Christian Church. That back in the you know the Middle Ages we had various women that became saints and whatnot. There's one that used to have visions, so other people might argue that that's sort of they were schizophrenic or having visions, mm. but yet these people produced some beautiful paintings, um, and we we know that some people that are dyslexic have got a different worldview, so they got a different way of looking yeah. at problem yeah. solving. So they come up with solutions that other people wouldn't have. Mm but we we forget about that so technically there's possibly a no, mental I, illness there
1: we label yeah. it and we're very quick to label well, with we the, do. with a d word the diary <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. that is i suppose that is one of the um, the reasons why many people don't don't want to to access services because they they have to live with this label once it's it's there
0: Well, that can happen as well and mm. and that's quite tragic and and there. Um, I, I do know that there's some resistance coming through these days. There's some people just do not like the the um, mental health bible, the DSM mm. five, I think it Maybe is now, LCD. and and yes. there's another one that's uh, there's, there's another one that's come out as well. Um, since I've been doing a little bit in this field, what I've found is that it's not that often to that come across somebody who it seems to be that people are on a spectrum or something or other. So to say that somebody's bipolar. This, as far as I, in my limited understanding, there's aspects of being bipolar that could be called borderline personality yeah. disorder, mm-hmm. um, and, we, and perhaps throw a little bit of autism in there, and, and perhaps a bit of AHD. So wh- where do you where do you draw the line? And, and um, we also anybody could tell you that we we know somebody that can draw uh, can do a pencil drawing somebody somebody will do it better than other ones and someone is a bit more accurate so there's a there's a range of people's abilities there's a range of people's things um uh, when you talk about sporting abilities some people are very good at catching a ball and other people can't do it so none of us there's never anything such what i'm getting at is there's no such thing as a perfect diagnosis or a perfect label for somebody for whatever it is no and even to today's world we're they moving away from even labels somebody being a male or a female.
1: Mm, that's so true. I don't
0: know about yeah. that one, but um, but we've got this this range of things, and um, the bottom line that I hear is that people are human beings, and they they've they've got a right, and and a, we've got an obligation as a society to look after everybody in yeah. our community. And, mm. and if somebody's got cancer, we don't go and lock them away.
1: No, that that's true. Not no, usually, anyway. Yes. And and that that's a good point you make. Um, we are all human beings, and there are you know part of the human condition is the flaws that we do have within us. Um, but once you know a label is anchored, um, i.e., a diagnosis, onto us, then it it is very restrictive. And and I know that um, and you would be able to um, speak to this that the lived experience movement has actually made. Quite a significant um, change and improvement on how people perceive those who have had, you know, a, a mental health um, issue, um, and recognizing that they have the expertise to actually guide how the system can actually work with people with who present with mental health symptoms.
0: Well. Um some meetings I go to that they do a welcome to country mm-hmm. and then they do an acknowledgement of um, I forget what the name is acknowledgement of lived experience and it goes along the lines we stand on the shoulders of other people that have gone before mm-hmm. us because in in some ways that's, that's quite correct um, I just smile sometimes because it um, um, and and I'm speaking from here in Western Australia and then Australian culture to some extent um could argue it is based around Christian traditions, and they talk mm. about the the fact that love one another and all the rest of it, which wasn't a Christian idea anyway. It was the Jews, and the, they got it from somewhere else. But I don't think there's any culture under the sun that doesn't talk about respecting other people mm. as people, as yeah. individuals. That, that were that we got a right to, we should be able to respect each other mm. and like one another, and, and be treated as we'd like to be treated. And as far as I know, that value is just about everywhere under the sun mm. why should it be any different when we've got somebody because they look at something a little bit different and and let's face it how do i know for a fact that when i look at blue i'm seeing the same blue that you do yes the color yeah how do i know that well well i, I don't
1: no you don't know because <laughs>
0: we've got colorblind people but do they get locked up
1: mm. Mm. well i am reminded of um a term when when i started working as a psychologist. I was in the Disability Services um, Commission. And uh, way back then there was this term social role valorization. I don't know whether you actually ever heard of that term. Come again? Social role Valorization. valorization mm. So I, I, my understanding is that everyone has a valuable social role to play in our society. Um, and this this reminds me of a, of a, of a song which... Um, was played at my mother's funeral. Actually, that um, we're all part of a symphony, and if you look at a symphony orchestra, you know the sounds a bit off if one of those instruments not playing. So no matter what little bar or tune you've got to contribute to life and society, it's all part of that symphony. So um, you know when I when I look at my patients, I think exactly what you've said. They. Are human beings and they are someone's mother, father, whatever. And they have a very valuable role to play, um, but something's happened to them. And who are we to actually say, okay, this is the label that we are going to stick on you, so that implies that you cannot be fully functioning anymore? But it's fully functioning. Well, what is fully functioning? And, and whose definition is that? Well,
0: I, I have said in the past, um, and um, I don't honestly know how well it was received, but but I certainly believed it at the time, and I still do, that um, nearly all of us at some stage in our life, we have the times when we're happy, we have the times when we're sad, we have the times when we're in between, we have the times when we're angry, and, and all, the whole range of emotions. Um, I think and there's this argument that is, uh, some people might say that you have to have the good things to understand the bad things and vice versa I, I don't know about that but what I do know that is um, because I've been where I've been and what's happened to me and I've come through that that having come out the other side I, I feel that my experience is quite rich and, and I've had yes. a rich and varied life and and, and um and I'm able to understand other people. And these are the sorts of things that traditionally um, the poets and and the like Mm -hmm. were able to share with us. But in these days and age of... And excuse me if I get on my hobby horse, but we're not allowed to have poetry anymore because it's all got to be very literal. So we we can't use um, language that talks about him and her and we get upset because even even, uh, when I was doing theology, they had to... uh, Um, use inclusive language when it wasn't the original intent of what was being written Mm -hmm. and we've lost meaning. So, And we need to have, for me, if we can't express our emotions or even um, we're missing out on something, the whole gamut of being a human being. Mm -hmm. So I get quite upset and disappointed about that. But what I'm getting at is that um, I think in some ways those people that haven't been sad or had sort of some mental... Not mental—that's not the right word. Fell down at some time. They've missed out on some of the richness of what life has to offer. Now, I might get crucified for that, but but I'll stand by that because um, today I'm reasonably content. Um, of course, I have off days and bad days, and you know. And but I was, don't we all, Howard? But well, we do. But um, but I feel more human because of it.
1: Mm, mm, yes, but uh, I might just um, dispute you on your comment about people who've had had mental illness have missed out I see it as those who well let me just go back a bit I actually facilitate co-facilitate a domestic violence support group and I always say to the group participants that you know around this table All of you have had this experience some of you are just entering this dark tunnel and just finding out that you are in that situation some of you are in the middle of that tunnel and trying to figure out okay how much longer can I be in this darkness before I see the light and some of you have actually um, come out but you are sometimes pulled back into the tunnel but you have the ability to offer those who are entering the tunnel a wealth of experience and good advice from your lived experience. So, you know, you're saying you've missed out. I think, I don't know. I think that that's um, shortchanging um, those people that have been through the tunnel. Well,
0: it wasn't, I wasn't. I I think I understand what you're getting at. I, domestic violence to me that that has been something that's been done to mm. people. Um, and I wouldn't want to suggest for any minute that you have to have that sort of because that's horrific um, mm-hmm. um, I, I need to think of a better way of putting it but what I was getting at is is that um, to be human you need to have a range of experiences and emotions and things yes. and you don't have to go to that to me that's one extreme of the spectrum and perhaps I Probably need to qualify that, but I I don't I don't would hate to think that you need to have to be abused no. to to understand no, anything. Not. But but yeah. there's different measures of abuse, mm. and um, I myself think in some ways that um, to some extent I had I was abused because by neglect, mm. um, in as much as that uh, my feelings were never ever mm. taken into consideration. Mm. So although it's not that it's it's the bottom end of the spectrum i suppose but what i'm getting at is different forms of abuse and i think we all know that domestic violence is not just physical abuse and that that can be just as horrific
1: emotional but i i suppose i i just use that example as you know it doesn't have to be abuse it doesn't have to be domestic violence but i think when we're actually entering a dark period in our lives it doesn't mean that we've missed out i think it actually validates what you're saying. I think it is an experience that, as part of being human, it's it's something that we we are learning from, and so I don't think because you've had that lived experience, I don't think you've missed out, Howard. I, th- I think you've learned a lot more about life than those that haven't been through that darkness.
0: Now, what, 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 no, no, I don't think you. What I was getting at is that it's added to my life because I've had that mm. I think that those some people who don't have a taste of some of that yeah they're the ones that have missed out yeah, a little oh, bit okay, and, and, I, right. I, and I don't mean in the extent that um in some ways I don't know that i missed out on too much at all because I've got to where I've got but yeah. um yes it would have been nicer but um but I don't want to dwell on the negative stuff no, and, and, and um I am who I am today um because of...
1: Because of what you had gone because through. Because of what I've been through mm-hmm.
0: and, and the help and support I've yep. had along the way. And I've been very fortunate. Um, um, other people are not so lucky. Um, so therefore, I feel obligated and part of what the reason I'm here. And so I don't, I don't want to get too philosophical about it, but I just feel it's the right thing to do is go and exper- share my experience mm-hmm. with other people. And this is one of the things we've been trying to do at the radio station yeah. here is to get people to... Um, there, there, there can be hope
1: there can be hope and, and, and there
0: can be help mm-hmm. and, and we had somebody here the other day telling us about um, he mm-hmm. owes Australia a lot mm-hmm. but yet on the other hand there's a lot more that Australia could have done and yes. the way they did yes, it that's right. than what yes. was done Yeah. Um, and he would he would. I think he would go along and say that but, but at the same time he, he still wants to acknowledge the fact that he's had a certain amount of help and uh, I admire the, the lady we had here the other week and um, she didn't know these things, but but somehow or other she learnt to ask, mm. and she had the courage to ask. And I think that people, it it takes a bit to to get up. And when when you've got to deal with and what we haven't sp- touched on is that you come from Indonesia and they've got a different way of looking at people that are that are different to other people. Um, different way of their worldview is quite different. Mm. And they lock them up or whatever else, but then to come into another country and you're up against the barrier of language
1: yeah.
0: and and, the, and s- some of the customs that people might use. Um, you've got triple and quadruple whammies and, and how somebody from another country... And then we've got Australia that says, oh, you cannot come into our country because you've got some deformity or some yeah. unusual or yeah. something different about you because you might be a blot on the system. Mm. Let alone the fact that they're part of that family and we've spoken you touched on the fact that you know somebody's disabled or whatever there's a function within the whole scheme of things that um who's to say because somebody ends up with a um i had I, um actually the, the guy that married me uh, married us he ended up with a um uh, not quite a down syndrome child mm. and he's a very intelligent man and he, he he was a you know ordained priest mm. and he say God, why me? Why me? Yeah. And I guess God, God, called me turning back and say, "Well, why not?" Mm. And he was the eldest, um, so we don't know. And then he turned around and said to me, well, "He's been one of our greatest blessings."
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: So. Um,
1: that go I, figure. I, I, I agree. Um, you know, I do, I do get a lot of patients who who come in and say, "Why? Why is this happening? Why me? Why me?" And invariably, my response to that is will there ever be an answer that will actually satisfy you so stop asking the why and embrace what what is the positive in all this you won't know at the point in time but there's something that you will take away that's rewarding from all this
0: well I, I was reading a, a piece of a book the other day about um, and once again I'll go back to I, I don't apologise because to illustrate my point is that the the, the Jews uh, read a bunch of books and um, there's a story of Job and whatnot and how he was, um, did an upright citizen and everything. You know, he was very wealthy and he had this and he had that and then, then he ended up with in, in, in an absolute mess because everything got taken away from yeah. him. Now, that's, that's the, the meaning of that story has been debated for hundreds and hundreds of years but um, and I don't think there's any definitive answer but I've been told that the purpose of the book was to get people to talk about this sort of thing and through the fact of their discussions that they, they exchange views and they whatnot. and in that process, that's the process, people get different meanings and that's the purpose of it. It mm. wasn't to have a definitive answer yeah. and to read it as a thing that actually tells the right or wrong answer is, is not the purpose of the book. No, is to, no. Is to, is it's to,
1: to get some meaning for what you're experiencing at that point in time.
0: And I think we've lost some of that in today's world. We yeah. want an answer for everything, and there isn't always a straight um, answer. And um, and I don't think there has to be. Um, but I don't know the reason why I'm here. But I'm.
1: Um, yeah, it's all about but, the meaning but, of <laughs> life, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's forty-two, <laughs> isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. But but that's it's. it's um, I just think that the, um, it's here to do the best I can. And, and I think for some people, um, you look at some people and you think, well, you know, they've ended up with a, a, a child that um, can't talk, can't mm. um, do this and can't do that. But at the end of the day, that child belongs to those parents and they love that child unconditionally and they do whatever it takes. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's, that gives their life meaning.
1: Well, I'll, I'll um, disclose a little personal story to you which ties in this, um, this point you're making and the stigma that we started talking about. Uh, my parents actually um, adopted uh, a child um, and it wasn't until my brother was two, three years old that they found out that he was um, intellectually disabled. So in the society that we were living in um it was very very stigmatized to have a disabled person in your family um so i actually witnessed how you know if if visitors came he would have to go to the back of the house no one knew he was disabled uh, because people would start talking people would start judging um so eventually, we migrated out of um, Indonesia, and this is when my parents started opening their eyes, learning about, oh, somebody with a disability can actually have a quality of life. So, so to this day, um, you know, there is there is a uh, a reason as to why certain things happen, and of course, my parents always ask why, why, why did we get this this child, why did this happen to us but no answer would have given them the satisfaction at that point in time but if they look back at what rewards and learning that they had from raising my brother then there's your answer
0: is he still alive
1: he is yes
0: because because we got no way of knowing how he feels feels about it
1: no, he's quite oblivious. He's always happy. He he w- he would just, um, you know, he would be at a bus stop. He'd get people talking to him. He'd talk to anyone. So he's he's just happy in his own existence. And he's, in fact, he's the most stressless human <laughs> being <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he's intellectually disabled. Um, and and one of the reasons why he. he my parents found out was that um, his mother tried to terminate the pregnancy when he was in the womb, and it went wrong. He was well; yeah, he was um, affected by whatever she tried to do. So yes, my parents thought, "My gosh, you know, we're being punished, etc." Why? 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 But mm.
0: well, it's just. um I don't know what, quite what to say, but um, when I see somebody who's, um, particularly with, with Down syndrome people, they always seem to be content and they don't seem to have a care in the world. No, that's I, right. I, I by and large. And yet I, I can imagine, and simple things make them happy.
1: Yes, that's right. And,
0: and, and I think that there's the there's overall scheme of things. They add something to society. They do because other people get to learn. Hey, I need to appreciate. It'd be good for me to appreciate what I have mm. got, what I haven't got, and look at him. He's he or her. They're happy. Yeah. So what are yeah. they? What yeah. What am I doing that I don't feel like that? They
1: just get on with it um, well, because you know. When When I observe my brother, um, sure he has the full range of emotion—anger, sadness—but it gets manifested in different ways. So, you know, he's still human, he still has a full range of emotions, it's up to us to understand, oh, you know, he's angry at something, oh, he's sad at something, because it doesn't, it doesn't play out the way I would uh, show my emotions, not in the same way, or you would show emotions in a way that we all understand. So, yeah. Yeah. it doesn't detract from the fact that just because of the disability they're you know they're they're lesser i I hate to use that word but it's been quite an experience it still is for my sister and i um and certainly my parents who are now passed on um it was it was rewarding and challenging at the same time
0: well it could be because you're responsible for another human being Mm. Um, I, I hesitate to use the word lesser but um do i think that i'm any less than somebody that's able to do calculus uh, calculus and all the rest of it i, I don't because that's just not yep. what i can do mm. so i don't think that i'm missing out because that's not what my what my skill set is yep but I do have something that's equal as well. And and when you've got somebody that's like that, perhaps their purpose in life is to show other people that they can be happy. Yeah, that they it, can that, be, yes. That, is it? Because we don't know how they look at the world completely, do we? No. And can I get inside anybody else's head? No. You get hints and glimpses sometimes. No, that's but, right. But um, it's a case of accepting who they are. And, and,
1: I, I agree. Yeah. And, and everyone has their own gifts, and... Um, You know he's he's quite gifted he's uh, in terms of the the kind of things that he likes to do he does them very well so i think it's about reminding everybody okay we may be in the dark tunnel but those gifts are still there within you to Uh, offer to to the world
0: and i was reminded the other day to, to come back to stigma um i was at a workshop and actually it was to do with um What was it? The Healthy Weight Action Plan Advisory Mm -hmm. Group. But anyway, the the point was made, um, we were discussing the term obesity because I just hate that word. Technically, I'm obese, but um, I don't mind overweight. But call me obese, I draw the line of that. But the point was made by one of the women there who happens to have a disabled child, by the way. Um, She said that we don't use the term spastic anymore. Mm -hmm. Back in the 70s and 60s, we used to have the Spastic Welfare Association. Yeah. Um, we don't use that word anymore. Can we do the same thing with mental health? That's what mm. I'd like to know.
1: Mm. Yes. The, the semantics... That language, yes, it? the language can actually do more harm. Yeah. I agree. So, with that, um, thank you, Howard, for uh, coming in. Um, I'd like to um, just, I guess... Um, remind listeners that there there will be times that we will be feeling low and sad but then you know when we talk about stigma let that not be uh something that stops you from accessing or getting the help that you need because in the society in the society we do live in it is very pressured and uh Yes, and I think it's been quite um, a productive discussion we've had, Howard. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. (laughs) If anybody's feeling upset, uh, there's a mental health website. has a whole range of numbers that you can ring, Beyond Blue, Lifeline, Samaritans. The numbers are all there, should you wish. Mm. And if things are really bad, you can always
1: ring triple (laughs) zero. Thank you. So this is Dr Bruni signing off for this session. I look forward to joining you for my next session.